Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. All right, welcome to Noise Filter. This is Dr. Mark Allendary. Doc Griggs is not able to be with us today. So this is one of my favorite segments uh, in which I get to review some of the interesting public health research that has come out in the past week. So let's go ahead and get started. Nigeria struggles to develop accurate COVID death count. Now, at the beginning of the pandemic, the UN predicted massive loss for the continent of Africa, and actually so did we here on COVID Noise Filter. Now, in response to this, nations such as Nigeria have imposed strict lockdowns that kept their numbers presumably low as rates rose in other countries. Now, there wasn't a way to know for sure, though, because nations such as Nigeria didn't have much of an infrastructure in place to track deaths. When a city in Sudan saw a massive hidden outbreak in November, it led to global speculation about the death rates of COVID-19 in other African countries. Now, the lack of reliable data has allowed health experts to make differing extrapolations. Now, Nigeria needs to be able to track the death rates to correct this and to catch outbreaks when they happen. Now, there are a series of problems with Nigeria's mechanisms for tracking deaths. Many registrars have been misidentifying causes of death for COVID-19. Each month, registrars in each region tally up what caused the deaths they registered, and much of that documentation doesn't have COVID as an option. Sometimes families don't even know that a family member's death must even be registered. Personal burial plots are relatively common, and they don't require the permits that would require registration. Now, researchers have used many methods to fill in these gaps. They've used mobile phone surveys and counted graves on satellite images. They've even taken to asking grave diggers, as they did in the 2014 Ebola crisis. Now, Nigeria's death rate has just surpassed 100,000, and the gaps in reporting it throughout the nation are making it difficult to know how accurate this is. But as Nigerian citizens face a second wave and the nation sets its sights on a 40% vaccination rates, they even have a more urgent need for accurate counting. And here's to uh, Nigeria for actually recognizing the issue and doing something about it. And that's how we improve public health. Saving lives versus preserving it. Now, are wealthy Americans maneuvering to get the vaccine first? No, I can't imagine that that would be the case. The short answer is yes. What? But according to the New York Times, it's likely that they won't have much success. Yay. Now, high-income individuals, despite public health officials' suggestions, have traveled to vacation spots and came back with COVID. Huh. Really, I'm shocked. Now, we've seen it with social media influencers and celebrities who have a big fan base, but this time we focus on the citizens of the Upper East Side Manhattan with insights from a couple of concierge doctors. 
Now, with the creation of the vaccine, many healthy people are calling their doctors wanting to be vaccinated despite being low risk. One doctor actually has spoken out about the members of his practice who they feel entitled to receive the vaccine first, since they pay, in his case, $20,000 a year for round-the-clock and unlimited access to care. Now, fortunately, Governor Cuomo has put measures in to mitigate this type of behavior. Now, Governor Cuomo is threatening penalties of up to $1 million and even losing your license if you deliver the vaccine unethically. That's really good. (laughs) He even proposed new legislation criminalizing giving the vaccine to anyone trying to jump ahead when we are supposed to be prioritizing health care and essential frontline workers. Let me also add that we need to have a strong sense of equity here as well. Now, many high-income folks feel entitled to this vaccine that is still considered in short supply to protect themselves from a disease that mostly affects the lower and middle classes. Go figure. Now, saving lives does take priority over preserving it. 100% agree with that. During this pandemic, we've witnessed so much overt inequities in public health. We should not encourage this type of behavior nor stand for it any longer. Yes, that is 100% agreed with that. You get the vaccine only when it's your turn to. And for now, continue to quarantine, continue to social distance, continue to wear masks, and avoid crowds. Yes. New Research on Safety on Reopening Schools Now, a new study was recently published detailing the safety factors in reopening schools in the U.S. The data was conducted by a team of researchers at Tulane University. Yay, that's Doc Griggs and mine, both alma mater, and we both are uh, professors at Tulane. But it was the Tulane University's REACH, the National Center for Research, Education, Access, and Choice. See, that's REACH. Research, Education, Access, and Choice. Now, okay. Prior to the study, much of the research on safeguards for reopening schools was based on testing data. Now, as testing continues to be unpredictable and a confounded variable, the study used hospitalization rates of different regions as a more reliable point source for their data. Now, Dr. Tulane epidemiologist and my colleague, Dr. Susan Hassig, notes that COVID infections can go more easily undetected in regions with less reliable testing. She argues for the reliability of hospitalization rates, explaining if you get infected with coronavirus, you become substantially ill, you're going to become hospitalized. Her team reviewed hospitalization data and cross-examined it with schools that reopened in the same vicinity. The team found that for regions with lower hospitalization rates, there weren't significant increases in hospitalizations after schools opened in person or they offered hybrid options. The benchmark for this group was less than 36 to 46 hospitalizations per 100,000 people, according to the study results. On the other hand, regions with relatively high hospitalizations rates had more inconclusive data findings, and results showed that for some of these higher rate regions, infections were higher after reopening schools. But in other high-rate regions, infections were unchanged or even lowered after reopening. So the jury's still out for these regions with higher rates of hospitalizations. This is because there are many factors at play that need to be examined. The research team also notes that the intention of the study is to simply provide more information to help educators and community leaders decide on how to proceed with schooling 
given the context of their surroundings. This data needs to be considered carefully as several other factors affect the safetiness of reopening schools. Let me also add that at the time of this recording, uh, the week prior, so this was last week, the uh, CDC did a number of studies, or actually they released a number of studies, including a, uh, a viewpoint in uh, the Journal of American Medical Association that uh, stated that schools are actually safe to attend as long as the schools are very vigilant uh, with respect to masking and also social distancing. In that series of three studies, they added a fourth one. And in that fourth one, they reviewed the indoor sporting events that occur in schools and uh, particularly reviewed a wrestling match that occurred in Florida over the course of a weekend in December of 2020. And it was exceedingly clear that this wrestling match was a super spreading event. And in conclusion, they recommended that, yes, again, schools are safe to open as long as recommendations are followed to the T, but then also indoor sporting events, not good, right? And I think at this point that goes without being said. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs, Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.